Welcome to the newest episode of Doctrine in Doxology, unless there is a newer episode and you're listening to this like, I don't know, five years too late or something, if it's still around. Either way, this is a new episode now as we begin for us in real time, so welcome. Wow, you lost me there. Even if it's not new for you sometime in the future, welcome. Well, it's new for us right now. I'm getting into things of like time. The continuum continuum of time, the spectrum there of time. For well, us, it may be brand new, and it is. You know, the Bible says uh, whatever goes around comes around. It does not say that. <laughs> it says it, but not in those words. That sounds an awful lot like uh, karma. That's what the Bible says. Bible doesn't say anything about karma. No, doesn't say anything about going around and coming around. Says you will reap what you sow. And I have no idea how that pertains to this discussion. Well, it's not talking about wheat. Well, no, but it's also not talking about some future podcast episode. I was just saying it's new for us right now, as it always is. But in some weird way, the people who are listening, maybe later in life, it's not... It's not the newest episode. So if they're listening five years from now, for instance. Yeah, they're still welcome. 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 We're glad you're here, and we're glad we're here. We're glad we were here. I'm glad I am here. I mean, think about that. We're we're talking into the future here. You are out there, aren't you? I'm out there. It's Thursday, and so I'm all kind of sort of messed up. We usually do these on Wednesdays. Yes, but here we are on a Thursday. I, I had doubts for today because of the ice this morning. Oh, no. It, yeah, we didn't get much. Well, I didn't know the forecast. I didn't know if there would be ice on the roads till tomorrow or if this was going to go away. And praise the Lord. Let's just give away. everybody out there who's not familiar, let us just give you a taste of Oklahoma weather. Yesterday, the high was in the low 20s and it there was freezing rain. Today... Almost 60. I'm barbecuing tonight. Tomorrow it is 60. I'm grilling. And Saturday it's 60. Hamburgers. I won't be there. Uh, so okay. You were invited. The weather is just as crazy as us. And here we are welcoming you and going into a new subject. So what did we cover last time? Ooh, I got to look back in the book. I don't remember. We've covered gender. We've covered the fall yes, of humanity, did. the creation of humanity. Covenants between God and Covenants, man. yeah, very uh, complex, beautiful um, stuff in the covenants there for sure. But today. Today, it's today, an exciting day. We begin the best subject and the most complex and difficult and even mysterious subject well i bet it's about jesus it is what do you think i think so we're talking about the person of jesus the person of christ and i mean the whole bible is written about him yes it is even in the old testament yeah Absolutely. Because I remember when Saul was in the synagogues proving to the religious leaders that Jesus was the Christ from the Old Testament. 
which is all he had. Oh, that Saul. Saul the Paul. Yeah, Saul the Paul. Saul. It's thinking King Saul. Yeah. It's like, what? What? Not making sense. Saul slash Paul was in the synagogues proving Jesus was the Christ from the Old Testament. Yeah, so so were the other apostles. Yep. So were the other apostles at the time. And um, anyways, from front to back, it's all pointing to and flowing from and culminating in Jesus. Yes. And specifically, Jesus, as we know him as Redeemer in the redemptive plan of God. Right, right. And kind of wedged right, almost central to that. It's, uh, you know, I want to be real careful with how we talk about this. And I don't want to categorize, compartmentalize, divide things up. But kind of right in the center of all that is the fact that Christ took on humanity and came and lived in this creation. That is a true statement. And so that's, I think that's where the discussion's going to at least start as yes, we're talking about the person that, of Christ. Uh, well, it starts off with Jesus was fully human, yet at the same time, fully God. I think it's easier to di- start that discussion with those two reversed. Okay, that's fine with me. I actually personally think it's more important to have that discussion with those two reversed, considering first that Christ has and is fully God. Has and been, always was. Always was, yeah. Always will be. And always will be. So fully God, we have four, what are they called? Christologies? Mm, yeah, Christological passages. That's what I meant. The first one, <laughs> if we're looking... Only four? Well, four main ones that are sticking out. Yeah, I got like seven. Well, the whole Bible's about Jesus. Now, we're saying these four that really nail down this divinity, deity part of okay. Christ. The first one being... John 1. John 1. Hey, hey, I got one. Which says... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the it, beginning with God. Yeah, then you go down to 14, I think it is, and... Yeah. And he became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes. Um. So just a, I don't know. I might have missed a word or two there. Beautiful. Talking. Beautiful passage of scripture that begins, John's gospel just, boom, right there, the deity of Christ and what all that means and entails. Right, and, right. And really all of John's gospel is written for that goal. He tells us in, I think it's chapter 20, the purpose of his writing, so that you'll believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe and you'll have eternal life. Yeah. And so all throughout John's gospel, we find these clear pictures and teachings of the deity of Christ. Chapter 5, Jesus says, I'm equal with the Father. Chapter 5, verse 18 is the turning point of John's gospel. They're wanting no longer just to arrest Jesus, but in verse 18, now they're wanting to kill Jesus. From that time on, they want to kill Jesus because... He called God his Father and made himself equal with God. That is correct. And and then it's on and on and on for the rest of the gospel, Jesus doing that same thing over and over, and John deliberately pointing that out. So what does it mean then that Jesus is actually fully God? What? I mean, what does it mean? What's it mean? The that implications he, uh, behind all that. It means that he is part of the Godhead. He is God. Yeah. So in the beginning of creation, he was creating. 
Yeah, he's and also with the main plan that covenant of the Trinity. We kind of touched that a little bit last week. Uh, yeah, agreeing that Jesus would come in flesh to become the sacrifice that makes us right again with God. Right. So everything that he did comes from his own will and pleasure and plan. Right. He's right. existed from eternity past, exists, exists into eternity future. Right, right. In Revelation, he says, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. And all the in-between is Christ. And um, he has no beginning, no need to begin. And he possesses supreme rule, supreme right, supreme authority. Yes. If we looked at the second Christological passage, oh, I don't know which, which one is, is Philippians. Let's start with the full, like Philippians 2. Philippians 2. 5 through 11. Says let, me, he, let me get there in my Bible. Yeah, okay. I cannot quote that. Well, the main point is he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. I'm but ready to read. Humbled himself. Go for it. Have this a mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality God uh, with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a, on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, of God the Father. So you see it in John 1, 14, he took on flesh dwelt among us. You see it again in Philippians to there he took on the likeness of humanity and was found in human form yeah so, like a so you're reverting back now to jesus is fully man are you still in the no, category I'm, of jesus is fully well God? that's where i was going the fact that the bible says he took something on like humanity yeah. means that there was pre-existence there right right as god and the rest say the same thing the other two passages colossians 1 15 through 20 Oh, we're not going to read it? Okay, I paused. <laughs> I saw you flipping. He is the image, this starting verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. If we believe the Bible, then that's the end of the discussion right there, because it says all the fullness of God was Pleased to dwell in him. Yeah. He is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews chapter. So is chapter, Jesus fully God? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hebrews chapter 1 is the fourth passage. Since we're flowing through, let me just flow on through. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Easy squeezy. Maybe 4. 
Maybe five. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having come much, come as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So the Colossians 1 text says he's preeminent, he's supreme. The, the Hebrews 1 text says that he's the radiance of the glory of God. The exact imprint of his nature. And he has the power to uphold the universe just by his word. Yeah. So when we think about Jesus, um, who did relate to us, who calls us his friends and his brothers and sisters, we still have to realize this is the God of the universe. Creation came into existence by him, and he sustains creation with just his mere words. Correct. And he is the beauty and the glory and the splendor and the majesty of God himself. And we don't want to reduce him to, well, he's my friend because he is our friend. But he's still also God of the universe. Absolutely. So when he calls us his friend, uh, that's just a term of endearment, a term of right. intimacy, not a term of equality. Correct. So all, all the glory of God bound up, wrapped up in Jesus. And yet the, the most mysterious part of it all is that at the same time he's fully man. Yes, that is a mystery. How can that be, someone might say? I don't know. I do. Good, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> well, I got a, an idea. He was born from a human, a woman, mm-hmm. fathered that, that's true. by God. Okay. You almost hesitated there. Well, uh, uh, okay. I mean, I want to. I also want to be careful with that. We do have some scripture. He was conceived in the virgin's womb. Yes. Via the Holy Spirit, but but yes, not like some pagan god coming and having relations. Well, no, there is no such thing. Right. So he some was. People think there's pagan gods, but there are none. He was created in the womb of Mary. He was formed in the womb of Mary. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to say he's created. See, this is the whole deal. Yeah. We have to be careful how we talk about Jesus because he is not like anybody else. He is God. Right. And he's God in the flesh. And and that makes some things very difficult. Yeah. Did do you think he uh, when he was a baby, you think he cried when he had a need? Yeah. I do too. He was fully human. But the Bible says he's without sin. True. So he's not crying selfishly. Well, I think I think it's it's important that he did not have an earthly father. You know, we talk about yeah. the the sin of Adam being passed on on down through all generations so that we're born in sin actually. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Because he wasn't born of a, didn't have an earthly father. But you always hear the question that people ask then, well, was he even able to sin? Yes. 
because he yeah. was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without yet sin. without sin. Yeah, yeah. So I say, yeah, he he coulda, he coulda, he coulda if he'd have wanted to. So not created, but formed in the womb, born and lived, experienced, existed, just like tempted in all ways like we are, just like any other person. Yes. Tempted yet without sin. Yeah. I think it kind of goes to the crucifixion because God himself dying for man. It's mind blowing. It is. Because if a human could die for the sins of the world, which a human can't because a human is not good enough has to be God. So Jesus as God died for man. Instead of judging sinful humanity. Okay. He, he dies for sinful humanity. Yeah. To redeem them. I like the great transfer of my sin to him, his righteousness to me. Yeah. I Second th- Corinthians five twenty one. Yeah, it blows my mind. And others, yeah. And which gives me the authority and welcomed because God the Father calls me to come and pray, I'm welcomed into his presence. Absolutely. Not because I'm good, but because I'm clothed in the righteousness of his son. So it's this subject that the early church wrestled with right from the beginning. Okay. Uh, how do we How do we deal with Jesus, how do we explain and understand Jesus, and how do we defend what's true about Jesus? And so there were all sorts of thoughts Yeah, uh, that he became the Christ at his baptism and ceased to be the Christ at his crucifixion, that he was just a man that God chose out just like Mary made him. These uh, are some of the hypotenuses. Yeah, these, these are the thoughts. The thoughts of the early church. Yeah, made him... Um, the Savior, uh, but he wasn't always God. Gnostics uh, even taught that he was some sort of um, non-material appearance uh, that kind of came down and and lived but never really took on physical form. So he was a ghost. Uh, Essentially, yeah. So there's all sorts of thoughts out here. And so this is um, what some of the early church councils and meetings tried to address. One of them, one of the most important about this subject, okay. is the Nicene Creed. Okay. So I, I want to read the portion about Jesus. Okay, just that'd the, be cool. Just that portion. So it deals with the Father at the beginning, the Spirit at the end, but in the middle. And the bulk of the creed is given over to explaining Jesus. Okay. Um. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, 
He shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. But the nature of Christ is what that's getting at at the very beginning. It says, okay. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. They were concerned with getting Christ right. Yeah, as as they should. And clarifying his deity right from the very beginning. There are other things that are good, but they're lengthy. Well, that was good. I appreciated that. Anyways, um, one of the things that they were concerned with, and we should be too, is that they were he was fully God and fully man unmixed also. The two natures don't mix or mingle. Okay. And yet they exist in one. So his that's to say that his humanity wasn't elevated. He was human just like you and I. And yeah. his deity wasn't diminished. He's fully God all the time. I used to hear people say, they would read the Gospels and they would try to explain um, some of the difficulties that we find in the life of Christ in terms of understanding these two natures. And they would say, oh, well, he's just playing his man card right here. And then he's yeah, playing his yeah, God card right there. And, you know, this is just him acting as God and that's him acting as man. But that's really not a right way to think about Christ. He's fully God, fully man all the time. And he can't deny one part of himself over another. It's who he is. And so when we look at Christ, that's who we're looking at. Two complete natures in one person, unmixed, uncompromised, undiminished. Which, yeah. Which makes it mysterious. It is a puzzler, isn't it? Well, I can't explain it. Not entirely. Well, you know, some things are beyond our ability to understand about God. Yes. He has, he has some and does some things that we just can't explain. We just have to trust him. Yeah. Because we, we could ask a lot of way out there and left field questions. But the bottom line, he's God. He makes up the standards and we follow him. And I think it's good for Christians to, well, anybody to think about uh, these truths about the nature and person of Christ. Um, when he's tempted, he's not, quote-unquote, pulling the God card to get away. Right. No, he's keeping the law on your behalf as a man. Right, right. When he's dying on the cross, he's not just dying as a man because a man can't can't endure the wrath of God and live. Correct. He's dying as God also. And how that all perfectly goes together is really beyond our comprehension. But praise the Lord... We, it's true. We can understand enough of it that we can be saved. Yes, and we can recognize the glory and the beauty in it, and we should wrestle with it uh, when we when we find these difficult spots. We should wrestle with it and realize the grandeur of God and the plan of God to bring about salvation for us. Yeah. Anyways, I think we're going to have to come back to this. We're out of time. Oh. Which is kind of understandable, well, yeah. right? I mean... We'll have to revisit it a lot, I'm sure. Okay, so are we going to go back and do this next week, or are we moving yeah. on? Well, it's, we got to come back to this. There's so much more to say. Okay. Right? 
Well, there's a lot of stuff on the following chapters, like atonement. Well, we're still in the same wheelhouse of... Which is the next chapter. The person of Christ. It is, yeah. Yeah, we're still in the, the same doctrinal umbrella of Christ. I like atonement. Well, me too. <laughs> who, a who price was paid Yeah, that I deserved was paid on him, paid Absolutely. on Christ. Absolutely. And by him paying that price, I'm now, my sins are atoned for. And it's just like I had never done it. Well, that sounds like a great discussion for next time. Okay. That does sound good. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have the means to do that, you can reach out to us on any of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. You can find out how to get to all of those places at our website, DoctrineDoxology.com. Uh, all one word, DoctrineDoxology.com. You'll find not only social media stuff there, but you'll also find some other helpful resources, we hope, and some other ministry endeavors that we are hoping to accomplish as well as an opportunity to donate to the Ministry of Doctrine and Doxology. Uh, as always, with a new year comes maintained cost and new costs. And so any donate, uh, donation is completely tax-deductible and incredibly helpful as we really try to uh, serve Christ and advance the cause of the kingdom. And really our main goal in encourage churches, help churches by investing in their leaders. Yeah. And so uh, every... It's called a cohort. Yeah. I don't know what that word means, but I know that's what it's called. Like grouping, like band. Oh, okay. Um, so every dollar goes straight to investing in church leaders for the sake of a church's health. So That'd we would good. love your um, contributions to this ministry. Well, good. Let's pray. Yeah. I'm not a fundraiser, man. But More it's right. something I believe in. That's why I do it. So I believe it's good. Yeah, but is there a ministry of the Lord that you want to let people know about? How do you do it? You just have to just suck it up. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I, I mean, bad phrasing, but just, yeah, you just have to say, well, this is a need. And if God leads you, then praise the Lord. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you this uh, afternoon. Uh, thanking you for your wonderful love and the precious gift of Jesus. Uh, just the thought of Jesus, the creator, stepping down into earth to become a human and to live in a life of purity and holiness and then dying on a cross for my sins is mind-boggling. I don't understand it. I know I'm not worthy. But Lord, I am so grateful that this is the way you did it. This was your plan from the very beginning. So please uh, accept our gratitude. Help us to serve you. Help us to share that great, wonderful news with the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.